Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Sportsbeat After Hours. I am your host, Hamahe Muli Jr., and joining me is my other host, the local lovable Canuck himself, Zach Higgin. Happy to be here, Hema. Another week, another football preview. This time we're headed up north to uh, take a sneak peek at the Aggies, what we expect for the season, and we are joined by the one, the only, the newly minted King of Casa del Glade, Matthew L. Glade. I'm very Talk excited to be talking about the final episode of Game of Thrones. <laughs> Is that what we're doing? Going up north? Uh, past yeah. the wall? Yeah, we're That's going up past here, the right? wall. Yeah. Um, in case you guys haven't listened yet, if you're Game of Thrones fans, possibly the best episode of our podcast was featuring Matthew L. Glade and Hu Tran. And nearly died. Um, we recapped the final episode of Game of Thrones, and Matt just let it all lay out on the line, left yeah. it all out for everyone to see. He held no punches. I've never had an aneurysm before, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it was the same sensation as yes. what I felt that night. Yes. <laughs> it was incredible. It but, was uh, must-listen podcast material. But we are here to talk about his other passion, which is Utah State Aggie. Football team. Go Aggies. Go Aggies. Go Aggies. Hey, hey, hey. Well, and part of the reason that we picked you, number one, you... Because I'm your boss, and yes. you have to make me happy every yes. now and then. <laughs> you graduated from Utah State. I did. And you're also hosting our Utah State podcast that's launching on kslsports.com. I am, and um, fingers crossed it's going to be dropping this week. But if not this week, it will be next week in which it starts. Yeah. Uh, there's always... All the, the red tapes and the things and the approvals and, mm -hmm. and whatnot. But it should be starting this week. Um, I'm hesitant to give a name or anything like that of the podcast because there's still many things that need to be approved. But I promise you, as soon as it drops, I will let you know on the Twitterverse cool. and the KSL Sportsverse nice. and whatnot. But uh, yes, so for this season, there will be a Utah State po uh, podcast. It'll be once a week. Um, my goal is to... Uh, Recap what goes on uh, during the games, but leading up to it, I've gathered a bunch of one-on-one -on -one interviews with coaches and players up at Utah State Media Day. So leading up through camp to game one, we'll be doing those one-on-ones. Um, we can talk a little bit more, and if you just saw our Utah State college football preview on KSL Sports, on Sportsbeat, then uh, you saw parts of those interviews, but I will be running them in their entirety. And uh, believe me when I say you'll want to listen to every second of the Gerald Bright interview because oh, that man is a treasure. He's and amazing. we should protect him at all costs. Yes. We are building a statue of him in our office as we speak. Yes. Um, so, yeah, great stuff. We're, we'll look out for that, too. And as soon as that drops, we will... Uh, we'll push it out on the well. Sports Beat After Hours platform. Yes. Not because Matt's our boss, but because he's our friend. It's and we want to help because him out. of that. <laughs> but, it, yeah, sure. It's like 99 to 1. He knows. Yeah. He knows. We're just putting on a face for all, all our listeners. Yeah. Um, all joking aside, uh, let's get down to the nitty-gritty and uh, start breaking mm. down this Utah State football team. Um, position by position, 
we're going to take a look at um, the quarterbacks first. Uh, I, I don't know. I, Who's going to be the starting quarterback? Who's going to be the starting we have quarterback? No idea. Controversy in Logan? <laughs> a little bit, maybe. Can we call? It's probably going to be a platoon. Is there a narrative <laughs> that we could create here? No. Jordan Love. By committee. <laughs> this guy. The only question mark is like, does he end up in New York for a Heisman finalist this season because he has a great junior campaign? What do you guys expect from Jordan this year? Well, my thoughts are is. It is hard to follow a season like he had last year, especially statistically. Now, win wise, um, they can do he can he can do more uh, because they didn't make it to the Mountain West Championship game. Yeah, uh, they didn't even win their division. Uh, and last year, I mean, they didn't have quote unquote whatever you want to call it a statement win. He can do those things this year. Mm-hmm. I mean. Then you can go, think, uh, say what you want about Wake Forest, but if you go into Wake Forest and win game one, that's a really good win, and it's yeah. a really good start to your Heisman campaign. If you go into LSU, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> These guys gave me a can of Mountain Dew You're before this. You're very passionate about Jordan I'm Love. getting very emotional. <laughs> 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 but if you go into LSU, I mean, <laughs> It's going to be hard to win in Death Valley, yeah. but you have a good you have a good win. But I mean, if you if you play well there, who knows? And uh, they've it, wide open this year, the Mountain yeah. West. Yeah. It's still it's still a little surprising to me that Boise, with everyone that's left, is still picked to win their division. Fresno, yeah, Fresno is going to be really good though, yeah. really good. Um, and I mean, if they get to the championship game, that's most likely who they're going to be playing. So. Statistic-wise, I think you have to temper your expectations. I don't think you can have a season like he did last year, and we'll get into it more, but considering some of the weapons he lost, I just I, I don't know if there's going to be the production at all the different uh, sure. skill positions that there are that, uh, that'll help him out number-wise. I mean, there was, there was multiple games last year in which he, I mean, by halftime, he had 300, 400-plus yeah. yards passing. Yeah. And so I think you need to go into the season looking more at the wins and the and the way they play more so than the numbers because if you're looking at him from a number standpoint I don't think he's going to have a season that satisfies satisfies your expectations yeah. if you are a Utah State fan. I I agree and I also think that um they are going to okay so they 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 are going to lose a bunch of weapons. Darwin Thompson, Dax Raymond. Um but they have backups that played a lot of games last year because Jordan Love was putting up 50-plus points in these games. So these backups, quote-unquote backups, that are starting now, they played a good chunk of the year last year, the season last year. They are really good um, in, like, Gerald Bright and and and, and company. And it's just, yeah, with that, let's, let's shift to the running back position. Okay. Because um, I, I, have you guys said everything you want about Jordan Love? Yeah, pretty much. He's awesome. Yeah. I, have, I have something else to say about the weapons, but we can when we get to the wide receivers. Okay, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about it. Okay, yeah. Let's go to the running backs. You mentioned Gerald Bright. Um, he was kind of the one-two tandem with Darwin Thompson last year. I don't know. I mean, Darwin was probably the number one guy last year, but like neither solidified their He's, case because yeah, they're he both started really most good. Of the games. Yeah. Um, but they were essentially the same running back. You know, a compact, very similar, yeah. strong. Yes. Yes, in open can catch field. the ball out of the uh, yeah. out of the backfield. Run a lot of screens. So, they have the home run speed, and they could both run between the tackles. Yeah, and that's and and so that's why I think that's why I said earlier, like with Gerald Bright starting, it's there's not they're not going to lose a step. I don't think, at least in the running back. Well, no, and, and they, they brought add, in a couple complimentary backs. Yeah, they added Jalen Warren, who um, he played down at Snow College for the last two years. Who I honestly was, I wished BYU would have got him. <laughs> Because I yeah. thought he was really good. He's really Especially good. Especially at, uh, at East, he was great. Yeah. So He's, um, he's one of the best running ba- high school running backs I've watched yeah. in mm-hmm. person. And then they add a third piece, Riley Burt from BYU, which we saw what he did against Mountain West schools. Hawaii, um, Boise State, I think he had a decent game. Who's the other game that I'm thinking of that I... I Anyway, he's always performed well against yeah. Mountain West schools, particularly Hawaii. So if Hawaii, um, I don't like Hawaii's on the schedule <laughs> they don't this year. They play Hawaii but, this year. Um, they recruited him the wrong year. Yeah, they recruited yeah. him the wrong year. But um, 
he's not necessarily going to be the every down back, especially when you have a guy like Gerald Bright. But he he's a nice a he's a capable, yeah, he's a capable yeah. guy that can step in and can give you reps. Yep, yep. He can he can uh, kind of spell Gerald Bright when he needs to. But yeah. Gerald Bright's no, going to be the guy. He's the man. And like we said earlier, like he is our favorite football player in the state. We um, recorded a podcast earlier today. Uh, just kind of looking at fall camp, him and I did, and we have an open invitation for Gerald that whenever he wants, he's welcome to come on the Sports Beat After Hours podcast. I will wake up and drive here if he wants to be on the podcast. I'll drive to Logan. Yeah. We'll yeah. drive to him. He has an yes. open invitation to do anything he wants in this building. Yeah. Yes. For sure. If he wants to, if he wants to anchor Sports Beat, <laughs> I will send Jeremiah <laughs> and Sam home. Yep. He will be our guy. We should let him do weather. Absolutely. Could you imagine Gerald Bright doing the weather? Just the whole... He can do he every single part of the newscast. I want him to do news. I want him to do weather, Investigations. sports. I want him to go out and do live Gerald shots. Gerald Bright investigates. Yes. Yeah. No, absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, so they have a lot of running backs. And then a bunch of people that we haven't seen, um, really, that I don't even know who they are. Yeah, they have a stable of three guys that are going to be the main backs. And some young guys coming up. Um and so I think that they're pretty set at that running back position. Um, a place where they may have a few more questions, though, is the wide receiver position. Okay, okay. I have a game for you guys. Okay. Yes. Um, so when I was really diving into my research of Utah State over the summer and whatnot, we all thought offensive line was going to be the biggest question mark coming into camp. But uh-huh. can you guys – how far – okay, I'll ask you this. How far – down the list of reception yards do you have to go before you get to who's coming back? Six. Wait, so how far down okay. the list? So in like so from, in receiving yards. So to receiving least. yards, okay. okay. So whoever had the most receiving yards, if you keep going down the list From last year. From last year. Okay. When do you get to someone who's coming back? <sighs> Zach said six. I feel like that's too far. It's, I, I feel like it's not far enough. I'm going to say four. Four? Can Is, I change my answer? Okay. Uh, eight. Ooh. Eight. Uh, you should have stuck with your answer because oh. you were exactly right. Okay. okay. <laughs> Number six. Six players down. It's Jordan Nathan coming back. He had 297 yards receiving. So they lose Ron Quavian Tarver, who had yes. 709. Jalen Green, who had 689. Aaron Vons, 581. Darwin Thompson, 351. Wow. Dax Raymond, 345. Wow. So Darwin right. Thompson received more than, like, the guys that are returning. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, they used yeah. it. I mean, he had sure. he had so many of those screen passes that were, like, inside the 20 that he broke for 80-plus yards. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he did that a handful of times. So it adds up. All right. Let's do the same thing with receptions. How far do you have to go down before someone is returning? I'm going to say seven for this one. Yeah. So now I'm going to go, like, six. Okay. Four this time. Oh, dang it. <laughs> this one came up a little bit. Okay. It was Jordan Nathan again. 28. Wow. Uh, Ron Quaving, Tarver had 66. Jalen Green, 44. Aaron Vaughn's 33. And then you get to Jordan Nathan with 28. One more than Dax Raymond at 27. All right. The last one. Okay. Touchdowns. Oh, man. I'm going to say. I'm going to say five. No. That's got to be like three. Four. Okay. Jordan Nathan again. Wow. That's surprising. Ron Quavian Tarver had eight. Jalen Green had six. Aaron Vons had five. Then Jordan Nathan and Gerald Bride both had three. Hmm. Okay. So okay. I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer or a wet blanket to all the Utah State fans out there about what this offense could be because I still think they could be really good because they have a lot of talent and it's their deep. But you just have to realize how much production was lost yeah. in this offseason. So I wonder how much of that has to do with, I mean, obviously all of it has to do with how the offense was run, mm-hmm. and that's a big question mark. Is like, how is it gonna, how is it gonna work out this year? Are they gonna use more tight ends? Are they gonna use Gerald Bright like they did Darwin Thompson? So they they have two tight ends that they can play with, and we'll get to tight ends. But mm-hmm. okay, Savon Scarver is gonna have to step up this year. That's a lot of talent in the slot. Yeah, Jordan yeah. Nathan, Savon Scarver. Um, it, the biggest question mark for me is who's going to be that outside guy. Well, I think it has to be yeah. CLC Mariner. 
It, I yeah. You would I think so. that. I mean, going again. I he got a lot of playing time at Utah. Transfers and granted, I know Utah fans don't really love CLC Mariner because it seems like anytime there was like a big play that he made, had to make, like he couldn't it. come through. But he also he also wasn't like the target guy up there. Whereas at Utah State, he could be the target. Right, he could be, and that's part of the reason that he left, um, is that he has a better opportunity. He was probably, what, the third or fourth option yes. for Utah, mm-hmm. and he has a great opportunity. I mean, his size, 6'2", 190. Um, he's been going up against great competition um, in the Pac-12 and has performed well. you got to think that he has an opportunity um, they're probably, I mean, it, like, no, I'm not saying he's going to replace Tarver, but they needed a big body like Tarver. Well, so, and they, 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 they very much did. And that was one of the things I talked to Mike Sanford when I was up there. And he mentioned a big part of Jordan Love's game is mm-hmm. the ability to throw it up in the corner on these fades to guys like Tarver and Jalen Green, bigger, longer guys yeah. who can go up and get the ball. And that is something that they lost. And so when they went out recruiting, both in JUCO and high school, they went out and recruited a bunch of length, okay. hopefully, to get someone who can stick, who can go up and high point the ball and catch some touchdowns. And yeah. you can see in the guys that they recruited, they're all over six feet tall. Um, so we, we mentioned C.O.C. Mariner. He's a grad transfer from Utah. Um, uh, Johnny Car- Carter, he's six foot one out of Houston, Texas. Um, he's a freshman. The one name Sean that, Carter that can't. Kept coming up with a couple different people I've talked to is Devin Tompkins, okay, who saw a little time last year. Um, I believe he's a sophomore. He is a sophomore coming into this year, and uh, he saw a little time in the kick return game. But um, both Scarver, Sanford, and uh, Bright all mentioned him at some point, talking about a guy who can step up and make plays, has a lot of potential to be that guy. So if you're looking for someone to keep an eye on, don't be surprised when you when you see a little bit of Devin Tompkins um, cracking that rotation, maybe even starting by the sounds of it. Yeah. So does it sound like he's going to be a slaughter outside guy? Outside. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, and just to keep going down that list, so Devin Tompkins, he's not necessarily a guy that they got with size. He's 5'7", but um, some of the guys that they recruit, I, I mentioned Sean Carter, he's six foot four. Um, Keenan Eaton, a freshman um, out of Vancouver, Washington, he's also six foot four. So they went out and... They're trying to replace some of that size that they lost, but we'll see what happens. Um, moving on to the tight end position group, um, they returned Carson Terrell, who had a really good season last year, kind of as mm-hmm. the second option um, out of that tight end position mm-hmm. um, alongside Dax Raymond. But they and also Dax missed up, a handful of games during the middle of the season, and they yeah. really didn't miss a step with no, Carson yeah. in there. No, Carson Terrell had a great season, and I'm fully expecting him to kind of be the guy in that tight end group unless Caleb Rep, um the yes. transfer from Utah is able to step up. I think you know, I think Caleb Rep's gonna get he looked good last year, um, with the little time he got, but you gotta remember he's playing behind like Fotheringham and Keithy and like so coming to Utah State, I can expect him similar to like COC Mariner to like come for the targets. Like you know, him on the other side, I think will be I think he'll be utilized a lot this year, and so uh, no, I'm really interested to see what yeah. uh, what reps uh, what rep brings to the program. A uh, couple of reports out of camp is that he's catching everything that's coming his way, and he wow. looks super athletic right now. So, cool. I mean, <clears throat> they're they're going to need targets. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, there are plenty of opportunities to be a guy who gets a lot of balls thrown at him. So. He's walking into the perfect situation coming out of Utah. If he wants, if he wants a chance to step up, this is his chance. Well, and he's pretty, um, still pretty green at that tight end position. He started his career at Utah as a defensive end, mm-hmm. moved over to tight end last year, had two catches, but they're both touchdowns. So, yeah. um, Jordan Love would love to only throw touchdowns to Caleb Brown. Yeah. Um, but let's move on to the uh, offensive line position. Okay. And this they is kind lose of a, quite a few guys. Is, um, is four a lot on an offensive <laughs> line? Because that's what yeah. they have to replace. Yeah. I mean, they they lose two guys who were kind of anchors on that line in Roman Andrus and Quinn Ficklin, like yeah. guys that we really like to cover. We talked about Quinn earlier as like, man, this guy's story was so great, and 
we had this really Jeremiah had this really good interview after the New Mexico Bowl with Quinn where he's just like your college football career is wrapped up like what does it mean for you for this opportunity to go through and accomplish everything that you did and he he was very emotional like grateful for his family because they sacrificed a lot he started his career at BYU was behind T. John Caroma so he decided to leave BYU as a walk-on and then walk on to Utah State and ended up being I believe he was first team all Mountain West last year correct first team all Mountain West um as a started his career as a walk-on an undersized walk-on um such a cool story and so I'm really really sad to see him go just because he was such a good guy but um yeah replacing four starters on the offensive line is going to be tough it is uh they've got they seem pretty confident about the youth they've got um that can step in and is i mean i you ask gerald bride i mean he doesn't believe he knows that those guys are going to step up he was very emphatic about that fact but i mean it's you know the uh, dimitri kalifu is one of the guys that jumps out i he's probably got the most experience out of anyone coming i I'm not I'm not exactly sure because I don't know what their depth chart is right now, but considering the number of young guys, I'm not sure how it's going to shake out during camp. Um, I don't know who's going to get the most reps um, coming into this. So it's I think it'll be a couple of weeks before they figure out and that offensive line comes together yeah. um, how they want it to. Uh, they've just got so many young guys coming in this- and a few that a few um uh transfers juco guys um so i yeah i'm this is i'm I'm very curious this is kind of a scary number to look at 12 freshmen on the offensive line yeah Yeah. they don't have a single senior they have two juniors Mm -hmm. you gotta you gotta hope that you hit on some of these young guys and that they can step in quick because if they can't you're in a lot of trouble i think hunter hill's one guy that people will probably quickly look out for just because he um comes from a great program down at Orem. um i think utah state was one of the only schools that offered him but he's he's a big mm-hmm. boy six foot five 285 so mm-hmm. chandler okay. dolphin's another name i've heard up there that okay. he that might be one of the guys that ends up getting a job okay so let me ask you this question then i'm just looking at the stats here jordan love got sacked nine times last year what over under it's gonna be over it'll probably be over yeah how much over mm-hmm. i it's hard to say mostly because he's so mobile he's yeah. really good at eluding a pass rush at the same time and who knows maybe because of this maybe they'll move more towards letting him run a little bit more like booting out a lot more kind yeah of yeah putting yeah it's <clears throat> it's just so hard to say yeah. i mean I, it will it be in the double digits, probably. It will be closer to like fourteen or fifteen. I don't think. I think based on the design of the system and how quickly he gets the ball out, mm. I don't think he would get to twenty. That's true. The sacks. That's, that's just true. my thought. But and uh, you know, I didn't really consider that fact too. They move fast. They do, and so a lot of defenses aren't really set mm-hmm. by the time they move that ball. So. Um, yeah, you know, I they might be okay. They might have the same amount of sacks next year. Who knows? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I just thought, I just was wondering what you guys thought about that. Um, so we go from the weakest part of the team to probably the strongest side of the team, the defense. The, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, so let's talk about the defense here. Uh, we'll start in the trenches. Chris Unga um, had a really good season last year as a yeah. junior. That Not nose a guy guard that a lot position. of people talk about, but he's really good. Well, nose guards are just so undervalued. They are. Um, and he, uh, I think he got hurt against Boise State, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was a big loss for them. Because he didn't play in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big loss for them. Um, I'm expecting big things. That we, I mean, like like we're saying, he's not a guy that people are going to talk about because he's not going to put up a ton of stats. No. But um, running like a 3-4 defense, um, he's it, a guy on really short you really like to have on your team. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, he had 31 tackles last year, started 12 games, missed the New Mexico Bowl, um, had two and a half tackles for loss. Uh, just a really solid presence on that inside offensive line. And he comes mm-hmm. from good breed. Like, his family, 
uh, his older brother played in the NFL for the Giants for a while, Waniunga, um, and was a really, really good linebacker um, collegiately. He played at BYU, and I think he started out at USC. Is that right? Uh, Chris? Wani. Or Wani? Yeah, Wani did, yes. Yeah, so yeah. he comes from good breed. He's a guy yeah. that, for those of you that aren't familiar with Utah State, like keep an eye out on him because he's, he's going to be vital to that team on the defensive side of the ball being really successful, being able to stop the run. And he's a great locker room guy, too. Mm-hmm. He's one of those leaders that, um, excuse me, I have to stop drinking this Diet Mountain Dew <laughs> that I have because I keep having to hit this drop button constantly. I apologize for all the listeners. This is Sports don't, Food After Okay, hours. so if you do a podcast, don't drink carbonation while you're doing the podcast. This is a rookie mistake. I say you just I'm go never going to be... I'm never going to be invited on this podcast <laughs> no, again. No, you are always always my podcast. open door for this. Um, but he's going to be surrounded with some good talent. For sure. Um, around him. Mm-hmm. Mainly Tipa Nalei. Yeah. I'm expecting big things out of the TCU transfer. It's his second year in the program. Had a really good season last year. Um, kind of like the defining or the best moment for him was that pick six against BYU down in Provo. <laughs> oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's very happy maybe about the, that. Maybe the worst throw I've ever seen. Haunts my dreams. That's what I see when I have nightmares. There's a great shot. So <laughs> as we were going through video for this Utah State special, there's a great shot from our angle where as soon as he starts running down the field, he's <laughs> Spencer Linton standing on the sideline. And uh, he's just framed perfectly between them. And you can just see... You can see on his face the oh it's over, <laughs> it's over. This game yeah. is done. Yeah, it's just it's so great. Uh, they're just like oh Tanner, <laughs> like I give Tebow all the credit, but the ball was essentially thrown right at him. It was thrown right, right in at his him. gut. Yeah. Right at him. Um, worst throw. It was like when Chucky threw it to Kyle Van Oy, like right yeah. to him in 2013. <laughs> so, it was almost the exact same play. Oh my gosh. Well, I was gonna ask, was it worse than the Jake Heaps throw? In uh, the fifty four ten game, I don't think that was a throw. I, I, I don't know what it was. I think it has to move forward in order for it to be a throw. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, um, but no, it was. Like, it's like the same move. That was like the same move I do with my dogs when I want to fake them out. I was yeah. like, go get the ball. <laughs> ah, I didn't throw it. <laughs> I fooled you. The ju- I actually dropped it behind me. The oh. Chucky Keaton Kyle Vanoy comparison is like spot, on, spot on because that really is exactly what it looked like. Um, well, it's just and 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 Nalia is just so fast off the edge. Yes, he is, yeah. and, and it stands out, especially against you know Mountain West teams. He's like there are just not tackles yeah. that can stay in front of that guy. His first step is so explosive, well, and he's so long. He's too. long. He's mm-hmm. fast. He's lean. Um, just the perfect uh, type of like DN for this defense. He's exactly sure. what you want, and. Uh, uh, the new defensive coordinator up there, Justin Enna, because I talked to him a little bit about um, whether he was going to keep it three four or four three, or they're going to become more multiple. And yeah, and he said, kind of surprising. He's like, well, and I mean, it's not surprising considering, but he's like, just the talent we have on that defensive line. He's like, I want to get as many of them out there as I can. So he's hmm. like, you're going to see a lot of four man fronts with us, just because that's where a lot of our talent lies. So he's like, and I want them on the field. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. So he's like, it's probably going to be a little bit more. He's like, I don't want to say fifty-fifty, but it, it it'll probably be a little bit more sixty-forty, four to three. And that's scary to think about because like they want like a two-deep rotation on these guys to be able mm-hmm. to bring the heat every down. And oh my gosh, four-man front because he thinks that's there's that much talent is insane. Yeah, I mean, there's there, another guy that's on that team that had a pretty good season last year. That it's another one of those guys you just don't talk about that much. It's Fuile Lua. Uh, yeah. He was all over the place in the backfield yeah, last season. And, uh, yeah. you know, you put a couple of guys, and, and Justice Tay, who's going to be playing defensive end, he played linebacker, started as a freshman, has a lot of speed and a lot yeah. of power coming off those edges. And they're going to get a lot of push, and they're going to live in a lot of people's backfields. Lelou is like, I really like watching him play. He's the kind of guy that takes a double team and still gets backfield. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's really cool to watch. It's just like beast mode. For that guy. Yeah, for as uh, as young as the offensive line is in the trenches, this defensive line has a lot of experience. And I'm I'm really high on what some of these guys did. The freshmen that they brought in, um, especially Calio ne- uh, Neves, 
um, from Tempview. Really good prep career at Tempview High School. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe an underrated guy who started several years um, for the Thunderbirds and he's going to have a good college career with Utah State. And to be fair, he was only underrated because Tim Fuse sucked for the past couple of years. Thanks, Orem. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, he's a great player, great athlete, and I expect to see big things from this guy. Well, and plus you've got some depth and some solid guys that can take reps in Jacoby Wildman and Caden Anderson. Yeah. I mean, they got some, they got reps last year. It's just, it was the same thing that they had last year. They had so much depth that they could rotate these guys in and out. And, and keep them fresh, and so yeah. that's it's a great problem to have. Yeah, it's a great situation to walk in, especially for Enna, who yeah. can kind of design this defense however he wants to do, or he's got the personnel where he can play so many multiple fronts if he wants to do four three or if he wants to do three four. For sure, and I remember like working on this Utah State preview show. Like I remember, I don't remember which player it was, but they basically said, "Yeah, last year we weren't really tired." Like at any point, mm-hmm. remember that? Yeah, and that's scary. Yeah, if you think about a defense no, not being it, tired, it no. definitely is. Um, well, let's go to the linebacker position, and they're headlined by who may be the best player on this team, David Woodward. Yeah, the yeah. All-American is a sophomore last year. Um, the outside linebacker out of Olympia, Washington. He's like the next big Aggie linebacker. You look at some of the guys that they put out. Headlined by Bobby Wagner, who's one of yeah. four guys to get a 99 rating. He's the highest paid middle linebacker in the history of the NFL. One of the best to do it. He did it up in Logan. David Woodward's kind of following in his footsteps, and he's doing a great job. He's, I'm expecting a breakout junior year, potentially. I mean, he's a guy that could end up as the defensive player of the year in the Mountain West Conference this year. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to top. I think he had 130-plus tackles last season. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I get the Colorado State game, we were there for covering it. He was just, he was all over. I believe he had, uh, I want to say it was like 16 tackles in that Whoa. game. He was doing absolutely everything, and that's that's what he does. On, he's, he, to me, he's like watching a more athletic version of Zach Vigil oh, wow. back in the day. Okay, Because Zach was always just in the right place all the time. He was such a smart football yeah. player. Whatever he lacked athletically, he was really good well with woodward you get kind of the best of both worlds because 20 tackles against colorado State. 20 tackles wow. okay yes i knew it was some ridiculous number so he's got that like sideline to sideline engine mm-hmm. he's really smart he can pick the ball off he can play it in the air he's not bad at coverage but they don't they don't use him a lot in coverage at least they didn't in the three four i wonder how they're going to use him in a four three if they play him more off the tight end off the weak side or on the strong side i'm guessing he's going to be I'm guessing he's going to be an on-ball linebacker okay. um, in a 4-3 sense. Uh, but he's just so dang talented. Cool. And uh, the biggest question for him, though, is who's going to play next to him. That's yeah. what I was wondering. Is they don't have as much proven depth, I'll say, right. mm-hmm. um, next to him. A guy Because, you know, I mean, Tipa played linebacker last year. Yeah, he was. And so he's moving up to the defensive line this year. So I don't know if there's going to be certain situations in which he moves back to linebacker, um, depending on the front they're using. Maybe if, I mean, if they're doing more of a nickel, maybe maybe they need more speed there. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. I mean, uh, Metzenheimer is a JUCO guy that they're bringing in. Um, that's uh, supposed to be pretty good. Uh, he he's a guy from? who could see um, who could see time right away. Uh, but. I'm, yeah, I'm really interested to see where the production is going to come from outside of Woodward at the linebacker um, position. But uh, now he came in from uh, a JC, if I remember. Uh, yeah, Marino Valley. Gotcha. Um, Daniel Longy. Oh, is uh, he the, the Bingham kid? He's the Bingham he's kid. He's Harvey's younger brother. Yeah. Okay. Uh, he's back from, he was back from his mission last year. He redshirted last There's year. There's so many Longies. <laughs> there's Longy, Longy, Longy. You know there's what? I'll the... have any Longy on yeah. on the team. So there was so. Tongi Longy. There's the um, Harvey. Obviously, there was. I think they have a David Daniel, and then who's the one that ended up at Boise State? Oh, um, I don't remember his name. Well, all these Longies are great football players, and I wouldn't be surprised if Daniel ended up um, if he gets an opportunity this year doing big things for the Aggies. Um, the last point that I kind of want to make about David Woodward. Lonnie. Lolani. Lolani Lonnie. That's right. <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a tongue twister. 
Um, David Woodward graded out as the highest rated linebacker in the nation as a sophomore at 91.4, fourth against the run and fourth against the pass. He's a very talented guy. Yeah. And yeah, you look at the Vigil brothers, um, you look at Bobby Wagner, like David Woodward's just the next guy in this great tradition of linebackers that Utah State has had, and I'm expecting big things from him. Let's move on to uh, the defensive backs. I don't see any safeties on this list. Oh, there they go. Let's go uh, cornerbacks first, though. (laughs) Headlined by uh, DJ Williams. Yes. The The, uh, uh, New Mexico Bowl MVP. Yes. DJ Um, Williams. uh, He's a JUCO transfer. It's his second year in the program. He's a senior this year. Honorable mention all Mountain West in 2018. Like you said, the defensive MVP of the New Mexico Bowl. Made the ESPN All-Bowl team. Um, and he's going to be able to play multiple positions. He can play cornerback or nickel. Um, plays the ball really well. Plays yeah. run support really well too. Physical guy can hit hard, can tackle well, knows how to wrap up. Uh, can cover just about anybody on the field. He's a really versatile player. Going back and watching some of his stuff, uh, like we all did for this last week doing this uh, Utah State stuff. It, it's surprising to me. I, sometimes you just don't realize it in the moment, especially with defensive backs, I find, um, how involved they are in the game. But going back, almost every single game, he made a big play. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. This last season. There was something he did in almost every single play that was that changed momentum, uh, you know, flipped the field, uh, was clutch. He was just always there i mean he had a play against michigan state the very first game where they threw this bubble screen where he jumped over the guy that was trying to block him and then dove at the feet of the guy that caught the screen and tackled him behind the line of scrimmage it was an insanely athletic move but that's the kind of stuff he brings to your team and you and talking to him he's a very very mature focused young man he's he knows his stuff and he and he and and He's the kind of guy you get the sense when you talk to him that he has command of that unit gotcha. out on the field and that there's not going to be a lot of mistakes because he's going to be communicating a lot of a yeah. lot of the stuff to them and that they're going to be in the right place at the right time because of guys like him. Absolutely. When you have his senior leadership in the backfield, especially with some of the guys that they lost last year, yeah, um, he's going to be a big part of having that defensive backfield continue with their success. He led the Mountain West in interceptions with four. He had two interceptions, uh, came in that New Mexico mm-hmm. Bowl. Uh, that's why he got that those MVP honors. And like you said, Matt, he was always making plays. He has 11 um, passes defended uh, last year, which I believe led the Mountain West. Expecting big things out of him. Um, over to the safety position, um, kind of the guy who we're expecting um, a lot out of this year is Shaq Bond got a lot of playing time last year um, but who else uh, can we look for to kind of do big things um, in that in that safety group uh, Shaq Bond's definitely the big name like you said he's coming back from an injury um, he uh, he was gone for the season in the Colorado State game uh, to a knee injury that's right uh, Didn't he he, uh, he had a couple pick sixes last year right he did he had that hundred yard pick six against that's UNLV right. yeah um and uh, I think everybody on that defense had a pick six last year, oh, if yeah. I remember right. <laughs> everybody took their turn um, returning it. Uh, no, he's a very, very athletic guy, and a lot like like DJ, he's just a really smart football player. And having those two guys back for the experience factor alone is um, it, it. It doesn't matter too much what else they got around them because they they're going to be the leaders out there. Cameron Haney's another corner. That's going to be very instrumental. He's probably going to start on opposite of DJ Williams, I'm guessing. Okay. He's a senior this year. Uh, he's been, I mean, he's been playing in games since he was a freshman. He's never been the guy. He's always just, but the way that Utah State runs their defenses, they run so many guys in and out that, I mean, being a starter doesn't necessarily mean anything sometimes, yeah. especially when it comes to defensive backs because they're just running in and out so many times. Uh, so he's been playing. Day one since gotcha. Utah State. Got, I mean, he, he benefited from. Yeah, he, well, he benefited from too because those that was the. I believe his freshman year was the year they won three games. 
if I remember right. 16? Yes. Yeah. And so he got a lot of playing time early because they kind of punted on the season. They're like, let's play the young guys mm-hmm. yeah. quite a bit and get them experience. And it's paying off now. It was a really good move, um, so to speak, for that reason. But uh, another name I heard a lot up there, one of the Juco guys I brought in was Cash Gilliam. He could be a big playmaker for him by the sounds of it. Uh, wow. Big just, guy. Yeah. Uh, Justin uh, had a lot of good things to say about that guy. Um, and uh, Braxton Gunther from uh, Woods Cross. He's probably going to see a lot of time this year. So I, this defense, when you go through every position, I mean, there's a lot of depth. It's yeah. it's it's the opposite problem that the offense has. Like mm-hmm. all, so there's so much production returning on the defensive side. Uh, yeah, there's just not a lot of question marks. I mean, yeah. yeah, maybe you don't have a standout name starting next to David Woodward, but who cares? Right. That's the thing. Is who like, cares? who's going to be the second guy? Like, yeah. That's oh, fine. so that's okay. All right. Well, yeah. I've got an All American right there, so <laughs> I think I think we're going to be okay yeah. because on the back end we're fine, and we're going to get so much pressure up front that doesn't really matter yeah uh yeah th- this this defense is gonna be lights out so. they're gonna be a lot of fun to watch it's one of, it's one of those things with gary coming in and um justin Anna coming in i mean you got a great defensive line coach you got a yeah. great linebacker coach and justin Anna. okay let's let's go back to the linebackers for a second so this thought just occurred to me asked him about david woodward he just got through coaching Chase Hansen, Cody Barton, and Cody Barton, and he says David Woodward has the potential to be better than both of those guys. Wow, I did not know that. Yes, and so that's big praise. That's yes, big praise. Yes, I mean, <laughs> he's called. He's really good, and so you have a guy, you have a coach coming in who coached talent like that, coaching the linebackers. And Gary, we all know what Gary can do with a defensive line. He's been yep. doing it his entire career. Oh, it's going to be scary, and it's going to yeah. be so much fun to watch. I'm very excited about college football in the state in general. Oh, this year. absolutely! Uh, I'm getting really jazzed over the last couple of weeks that it's starting. They just—I don't want everybody to win. I want everyone to yeah. do well. I don't care. Yeah. Like it's—you know—I graduated from Utah State, and uh, sure, I like to see them do well. They're your alma mater. Of course, you want to see them do yeah. well. But I'm of the belief that if all college football in the state is good. Everybody's having fun. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, especially when they're playing each other. It makes our jobs better. Yes, we it makes that our jobs time, better, like... and it makes the whole experience better. So, okay, if you're a BYU fan or if you're a Utah State fan and you're playing each other, yeah, what fun is it if the other team sucks? Oh, oh okay, so you beat it's a two-win yeah. BYU we team. Know oh, that. great! We awesome. know how that is. Yes, what, where's the <laughs> bragging rights? Like the whole point of the whole thing is yeah. to have rivalry. And if you're BYU or Utah, yes, you want them to be good. Yes. It's like you don't. So once you so so they play game one, you don't want whoever just played to lose the next six in a row because that just kind of nullifies the whole thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, that's a very random tangent, but uh, that's why we bring you on, Matt. (laughs) I love it. But we we you know we got through the teams. I'm just I like this is going to be fun. It's going to be a fun season. That's the thing is just talking about all these talented players on this team. It reminds me that there's so much talent in this state. I don't think there's ever been a year. I mean, we'll see how it plays out by the end of it, but I don't. I cannot remember a year where there has been this much talent on all the teams playing yes. in the same season. And we yeah. haven't even we haven't even covered like Weber State. You know, Weber State's gonna be really good. They're yes. coming back reloaded. Like this they're is most just likely FBS. gonna win Big Sky. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's it's super exciting. We have lots to talk about. Um, and this is we haven't even talked about high school football yet. Which will be our next pod, probably. Ooh. I mean, sports in 2019-2020 is going to be really good. Just, I mean, we're we're kind of in like sports coverage heaven right now. Like, you think yeah. back to like when KSL had like the best opportunities to cover teams. You got to think that it's like the mid '80s to like late '90s with what BYU was doing, with what the Jazz were doing, yeah. um, with what Utah basketball was doing. Um, Utah football had a couple special seasons sprinkled in there. Like, we're kind of potentially starting to see the dawning of a golden age with mm-hmm. all what? in one year. Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. saying the next three years are kind of set up for each yeah. of these teams to be really good. Because, like we said earlier, we don't expect BYU to blow anyone out of the water, but they could be a ten win season, ten win team in 2020. Right. And we're going to see kind of the 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 fruits planted there 
in 2019. We're gonna we're gonna see the potential that they have with the Jazz. We're gonna see the Jazz. I think make a really deep run in the playoffs this year, deeper than they've made since you know the D. Will Boozer era, and potentially you know potentially doing what they did with Stockton Malone in 97 and 98. Yeah. Um, we could see with Utah State them headed to their first Mountain West Conference championship game. We could see Utah headed to their first Rose Bowl. Like we, uh, sorry, I'm I'm just kind of um like this is like my love letter to sports in the state. Like I'm just <laughs> so excited. Poetic. Yeah, I'm just, I'm so excited for what we have the opportunity to cover this year. And um, I mean, those of you who like follow KSL, yeah. like get ready because like we're coming at you like. It's we're crazy. excited. Like we, this is going to be so. So fun. if you if you follow us, you know you've watched the Utah preview, you've watched the BYU preview. You know Sam and JJ both picked like, you know, definitely winning seasons. But like, you know, we saw ten and what uh, just crazy win seasons. And I think Utah's not going to be any exception. I think they're going to have Utah State or Utah State's going to be any exception. I think they're so, going to have a phenomenal season so at, let's look at, at the that let's look at their schedule yeah. and let's pick our pick our wins what a segue <laughs> we've been doing this for a while it shows episode 21 slash 22 i don't know it depends <laughs> when we post this all right so you mentioned that first game of the season wake forest first game sport. on the acc network yeah uh utah state goes to wake forest i don't even know where wake forest is i just know that they have an awesome mascot north carolina okay um one and one in the series history. Yeah, they beat him at they beat him in Logan. That was Chucky senior in uh, 2014. Yeah, no, it wasn't his. It wasn't his senior junior year. year. It was his junior year. It was the okay. uh, he got injured um, in the Tennessee game. When kind of re-injured himself in the Tennessee game because he, the year before was when he got injured against right. BYU. Uh, but they beat him at home. That was the year where they had that insane defense because they had the Vigil brothers and they had Kyler Fackrell. Oh yeah, um, oh, Kyler Fackrell is a linebacker I didn't even mention earlier. Oh yeah. my goodness, I feel mm-hmm. like what <laughs> what a miss by me. Maybe there. like wow, the, the best of the last ten years since <laughs> yeah. Bobby Wagner. Yeah, but um, my bad. No, 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 that's fine. That's just fine. Uh, yeah, but then they lost to. It, I think it was the uh, the wow, was it twenty sixteen season twenty seventeen or twenty twenty seventeen when they played. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that was it was one of the dark seasons that they didn't they went down there and. Didn't look great, but uh, yeah. So what do you what do you think? What do I think? Yeah. Um, the football side of me says they win the game. However, okay. the side of me that uh, sees Utah State go to the Eastern Time Zone, especially against P five teams, they don't usually win these games. Um, I don't it even hasn't know. Ended well for them. I don't even know how Wake Forest is either. So they kind of got off to. Um, a quick start last year. They have the last couple years. They went 3-0 and um, to start the year, and they ended up going bowling. They beat Memphis in the Birmingham Bowl, which if I remember right, that was like one of the better bowl games that we had last year. Pretty bad bowl season last year. Yeah, not a lot um, of memorable but games. But this was like one of the ones that um, was actually memorable. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. Um, I, I just remember them trading touchdowns back and forth. But, yeah. Um, yeah, they had wins against Wake Forest, or sorry, excuse me, Louisville, um, NC State, Duke. So kind of tough to get a read on them. I think that they beat no, all the basketball schools. Is yeah, what I think Utah yeah. State gets a win. Oh, yeah, I, I think it's a W two. I think football. I, when you, I mean, when we talk about all the experience they have, they have a defense, and defense always travels. Yeah, uh, and if they force turnovers like they normally do. And they they should a, win this game. I'm not going to say they're going to blow them out by any means, but they should win this game. They have a good scoring defense too, man. I mean, so yeah, yeah I think I ten think non-offensive touchdowns last season. Wow, wow. So one and zero. Yeah. Uh, actually, two and zero because they play Stony Brook the next week. Who at home? <laughs> That's another FCS team. <laughs> um, then week three, they start Mountain West play. They go out to San Diego State. Uh, what do you guys think about this game? Um. A little trickier, I think. Uh, My gut tells me they get an L in San Diego, but I guess we'll see how the how the offense looks in the first two games of the season. I think they win this game. Ooh, I do. I like it. I think uh, I'll say right. I think they win their first four. I think they go four and zero. Wow. 
Um, I don't think San Diego State's as good as they have been in the past. Uh, they haven't. It's another one of those they haven't traveled well at San Diego State either. I think the la- if I be- if I remember right, the last time they played at San Diego State was the year I be- it was 2015 when they they went down to BYU when BYU was ranked in the top 15 and undefeated, uh-huh. and Utah State was like one in three. And nobody thought they were going to win, and they blew them out. It was the Daryl Garrettson Hunter Sharp game, okay. and when, when uh, Nick Vigil played on both sides of the ball, was their leading rusher oh, and their yeah, leading tackler. Right. It was that game, and then the follow. So they so they get this big win with all this momentum, and then they go to San Diego State, and they lose by three touchdowns. Wow. And yeah. yeah, so they it's one it's always hard because um, you always you look at past trends and whatnot and. They They've just, lost they ten in a row against San Diego State. Yes, and so you look at that and you're like, eh. but none of those teams are this team, mm-hmm. and yeah. this is a record-setting team, and this is the best quarterback they've had in a long time. So I, 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 I I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say they're gonna win. That's, that's my call on that one. Hamill, yeah. what do you got? I, I picked an L for San Diego State, but I think they beat Colorado State. Okay, so I have them going three and one with a loss against San Diego State. Okay. Um, let's get to that October fifth game at LSU. Matt, you're heading down to Baton Rouge. For I that. am heading How down excited to Baton are you? Rouge. It's, it's 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 one of those bucket list games to watch a uh, watch a game in Death Valley. Uh, yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, I don't expect Utah State to win. Uh, of course, I didn't expect them to play well against Auburn back in uh, twenty twenty eleven, but uh, they almost beat them. Yeah. So you know what? Strange things can happen. That's true. Uh, but <laughs> it's LSU, and LSU is going to be really good this year. Yeah, that's going to be uh, a cool opportunity for you. Yeah, we're both heading to SEC schools this we year. We are. You get to go to Tennessee, and I went to Tennessee last time Utah State played there. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm very excited for you because that, as a just as a college football fan, is an experience everybody should have in their lives. It that's is cool, insane. And I went to Boise twice last year. Well, you're going to USC this year, so that's going to be pretty cool. <laughs> that's true. It'll be cool. Another uh, popular stadium or whatever. The Coliseum. Uh, so are we all three taking losses against LSU? Yes. Okay, uh, next three games. Um, I know. I think we're all going to pick wins against Nevada and Air Force. Yes. yes. What about BYU? Uh, they will win. I think they'll beat BYU again. Uh, yeah, they'll beat BYU Especially with home. it being Logan. I think they'll beat BYU too. Okay. Fresno State. This is a team that's one of the favorites in the West Division of the Mountain West Conference. Do they get the win in Fresno? No. Okay. I think they lose to Fresno at Fresno. I think it'll be a close game, but I think they do lose this game. Hmm. All right. they, they've won their last two against Fresno. The last time they played was 2016. I think they're going to get the win against Fresno. Ooh. I, I'm going to pick a win, too. Just I, I think, you know, like you said, this team looks like a special team, and for a special team to have a special season, mm-hmm. they got to do things like beat Fresno in Fresno. They do. So... But Jeff Tepper's got that program humming right now. Yeah, he does. It's, true. It, it's uh, not going to be an easy win. Um, no. I, I, here's here's course, my approach. My opinion could change yeah. after watching yeah, like the sure. first four four games. Yeah. Be like, oh, what cow? Why did I, why did I pick this? Yeah. <laughs> um, my, my thinking is, and it's kind of similar to what I did for Utah, Utah struggled against Washington State and Washington, and I think they're going to split those two games for the Utes. Okay. With – with the Aggies, I think Fresno they're going to split the games between San Diego State and Fresno State, the games that are both on the road. I think they're going to get Fresno on the win here. So um, let's go to Wyoming wins all win. around. I do think they're going to win. I think that game's going to be pretty close, though. Wyoming's going to be good again. They were good last year. They gave them fits. Yeah. That was a tough game. And Wyoming's got a lot of those defensive guys coming back. If it yeah. wasn't for Darwin Thompson, they... And save on Scarver. And save Scarver. on Scarver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. save on Scarver does not return that kick. They don't win that game. That was one of the games that um, that Jordan really struggled in last year. He did. He um, did. Including, he also did struggle in against the next opponent, Boise State. Yeah. Hemi, mean, you were up at that game. I was. That was a crushing defeat for Utah State last year. It was. It was a crazy game too because Utah State had its moments where when they had the momentum, they had the momentum. Like. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like one thing that comes to mind was Gerald Bright's like probably eighty yard run or something like that. Like it was a screen pass, yeah, yeah. And um, so it's like they they had the they had the game at times, and then just something about that blue turf, man, that like is tricky. It's tough for them. It's tough. So um, 
I don't know. I'm going to pick a win just because I think that Utah State got cheated being second <laughs> in the mountain. So I'm going to pick a win. I think Boise's going to be down this year. Brian Harson's a good coach, but they lose their quarterback. They lose their running back. Um, and this game is being played in Logan. It's 8.30 kickoff on November always, 23rd. Always. They yeah. always play 8.30 games, Boise State and Utah State. Which of us is going to be up there for that game? Are we oh, it'll probably be me. Okay. I'm guessing. I live furthest north out of any of us, so it's easier for me to get home. Okay. <laughs> oh, I would just get a room, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Put that on the P card. Okay. You, you, did you say win? They are, yeah. Okay. Win. Wins all yeah, around. I got them as a, I got Same around. with New Mexico? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I. Oh, guys, New Mexico. <laughs> Just they played pretty great last time they were down in that stadium. Yeah, uh, that option can be hard to defend. Dream, uh, what's their stadium called? Dream Catcher. Dream Catcher Stadium. No, it's not Dream Catcher. It's oh jeez, I have no idea. It's you like Dream Weaver. You went there, didn't you? Yeah, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Green Chili. That's the, the only Green thing I Chili heard. Stadium. You know what? I will say this: out of all the places that I've traveled. New Mexico has had the best food so far that I've traveled to. Are you talking about media food, or are you talking about food food? Well, media food's BYU. Well, yeah. Yeah. But I thought you meant that, but that's a local team. Food food. I mean, travel-wise. Food food was New Mexico, as well as media food was also New Mexico, because they put green chilies. (laughs) They had green chili, like, pulled pork. That's not even fair, though. And green chili mac and cheese. It was amazing. No school can compete with green chili anything. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm a big I'm pretty fan. sure green chilies grow on the side of their field, like just on each bench. Well, that mm-hmm. and crystal meth. <laughs> Dream style stadium. Dream so like style. all the stuff down there Dream is style. called So like the pit is now called the pit at Dream Style Arena. Hmm. Dream Style is like old branding. If we ever started like I think a B-boy it's a solar group company. <laughs> it would be Dream Style. That would be our B-boy group. <laughs> yeah, uh Dream style stadium. So the Aggies are going to get the win down there. <laughs> yep. um, I have them going ten and two with the losses against San Diego State and LSU. Um, that what what would that be? Seven and one and eight and one in Mountain West play. Um, I think that's good. Seven and one, good enough to get them to the conference championship game. I think. Yes. Potentially, they're playing San Diego State again, or for I mean, I think San I, Diego I think State, it'll be Fresno. Fresno State. I think it'll be Fresno. And I think they're going to get the win the second time mm-hmm. there, and hopefully. Off to a big bowl game. Yeah, this year. I think I'm very optimistic. For I the think Aggies. they'll go. Uh, they'll go into undefeated in the Mountain, um, so they'll lose to the one West team. Yeah, I've, I've I've got the same record as you, ten and two. Cool. Um, you had them. I, I I just hope they get a better bowl game this year. Yeah, that that New Mexico bowl, as fun as it was to go down, or at least there. yeah, or at least a better opponent. I mean, yeah, the, yeah. Great for North Texas. They had an unbelievable season. <laughs> that was such a mismatch. Yeah, yeah. Was, I was really was hoping they were going to get. A Pac-12 team, or you know, uh, like, do you know what my, my dream scenario would be for them? The type of football that Utah State plays, watching them play a uh, a Big 12 team. Oh yeah, it would be a lot of fun. Oh, that'd, that'd be, be so be much awesome. fun. I mean, if, can you imagine if they played Oklahoma? I mean, Utah you know, State Michigan against State Oklahoma. was fun to watch. I, I yeah. mean, like Texas 10, Tech, Texas like, Tech, mm-hmm. Texas Tech would be crazy. Yes. Yeah, so, oh, please let that happen. <laughs> That would be insane. Uh, they their uh, bowl tie-ins change this year, right? So what's the number one bowl? Oh, geez. This uh, list I'm looking at says um, Las Vegas, but I don't think that's correct. I hope it's not. I mean, does it change go. this year? It, I thought it changed this year. But you know, what? I will say that one of the I highlights thought. of that. Um, oh, it is Las Vegas yeah. still. So I, I thought it say, stayed the same. I thought it was next year, but yeah, okay. I was gonna say one of the highlights of that New Mexico bowl. Um, this is very on brand for sports beat after hours, and we'll wrap after this. Um, a tweet started circulating. Of, <laughs> oh yes, um, an adult actress <laughs> performer, was, an adult performer <laughs> who was uh, per- staying at the same hotel as what she thought was the football team, <laughs> and she was like, "Hey, I'm at the hot tub the night before the game with the Utah State football team. I think I'm going to hook up with one of these boys." <laughs> That's where it ends. We don't know what happens. It ends, and it turns out it was the band. (laughs) So one of these band geeks um, has a heck of a story to tell about his trip to the Gildan copyright New Mexico Bowl. Um, (laughs) But, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that was probably my favorite story from bowl season last year is that 
American Pie Band Camp happened in the New Mexico <laughs> Bowl. <laughs> Everyone just knew how to handle their trombones. <laughs> okay, I think well, that's, the, that's the point that we end on the uh, that we end the podcast at. So let me hold up before before we go though. Uh, I think this is I think this is uh, something that needs to be brought up with Jordan Love. Um, just going over the schedule, and I wish I would have brought this up before we went to that that story. But um, the one thing I want to see from him, uh, I want to see him play well on the road. Yes, yeah, because he hasn't, and um, I'm, I'm I'm trying not to speak ill. I mean, he's he's our he's Utah State's guy. Don't don't freak out, Utah State fans. He's <laughs> He's still great, but he didn't play well on the road against Boise State. He didn't play. He played okay against Michigan State, but those he had some bad interceptions, and that final drive wasn't great mm-hmm. yeah. against Michigan State. So that's where, if you're looking um, for improvement from Jordan State for from Jordan Love uh, and this Utah State offense, that's where I'm going to be looking because they will play well at home. I want to see this team play really well on the road. Can you flip back to the schedule real quick? Okay, so let's look at the road games real quick before we go, just because I'm curious now. Um, obviously, LSU is going to be... So Wake Forest, San Diego State, LSU, Air Force, Fresno State, and New Mexico. That's, with the exception of New Mexico, that's a pretty tough... Their four hardest games are on the road this year. Yeah. Road game yeah. schedule. Um, Air Force is Air, they, they Air Force is a hard, Air Force last year. Yeah, they, everyone I think it came down to the final against drive. Air Force at Air Force, and that was like a shootout. It was um, it was, that was a weird game. Score, that, that was, was that one where it was like they strip Savon Scarver when they should have blown the the play dead, so they got a touchdown out of it, and then yeah, that was a really weird game. That was it, the only home game we didn't go to last year. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was like it was one of those it was like, like a nine o'clock, yeah, eight thirty, eight forty five. Starts and so we didn't end up going. Donovan Mitchell did so. Good job <laughs> to you, Donnie. Congrats, you covered Donovan. them better than we did <laughs> yeah. at that game. Um, yeah, if if they can, if Jordan Love can perform on the road, um, like some of the band geeks did, um, <laughs> Wake Forest, San Diego State, Air Force, Fresno State, New Mexico, and of course LSU. That's going to be a tough slate. Uh, like you said, he struggled against Colorado State, Boise State, Wyoming. Well, that's and that's BYU the thing. Was the yeah. only game that he really had a great, a really game on the great road game on the road. Yeah, and if he's going to be a Heisman winner, he has to show up to those games. He has to perform. So uh, call to action, Jordan Love, step it up, man. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. <laughs> what are you wrong doing? with you? What are you even doing? I never know what he's doing in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay. So just to give you all some context about what I'm talking about here. Um, so he had 319 yards against Michigan, Michigan State. Meh, pretty pretty dang good. But he also had two interceptions. Uh, at Wyoming, he had 53 yards what? and one interception. It was that right? bad. Yeah. Yes. Then he uh he had 448 against New Mexico the next week at home. Um, at Colorado State, 169 yards. That was also a huge blizzard. That was. That's true. Yeah, Matt, you were there. It was so cold. It was so cold. He had 363 yards against Boise State. He also had a an interception. He was 29 of 47. So the numbers weren't as bad against Boise State as I remember them to be. But still, when you consider the rest of his numbers, um, he was against teams at home. home. Yes. So that's when I'm talking about. I want to see him do better on the road. That's what I'm talking about. Okay. You can't have 56-yard performances against Wyoming at Wyoming, mm-hmm. yeah. especially if you're trying to win the Heisman, and especially if you're trying to have a special season as a team. Yeah. All right. I like it. The call to action, Jordan Love. Step it up, man. Um, I think we end, we're going to end on that note. Yeah. So, uh, Matt, thank you. Thank you. We're excited for what you have to bring with your insight with the new name yet to be released. DVD. <laughs> Aggie State Podcast, Utah State Podcast, Utah State Aggies Podcast. And uh, if you missed any of our college football preview shows, check them out at kslsports.com. They're all on YouTube. Or if you guys want to see what we think about BYU and Utah, go back and check out our other podcasts. Make sure you guys subscribe, like, rate, review, share it with your friends so we can do more cool stuff with more cool guests like Ice Cube. Um, Stay tuned for our next episode. We have Pingy... 
Pingy Moly. Uh huh. Yeah, Pingy Moly. Star uh, of uh, Hobbs and Shaw. Yeah, star of Hobbs and Shaw. No, he's a he's an extra stunt man uh, on the show. And then we're gonna have BYU Sports Nation slash KSL crossover crossover with uh, Jeremy Jordan and Spencer Linton in the next week or so, as well as our high school football preview. So, All right. am I ever going to get a tattoo on this show? Yes, we're is that working happen? on it, guys. We that's a tease. That is a at tease. some point. I'm going to get a tattoo on this show. So, so keep listening, keep downloading. Do uh, guys, I'm Henry Moly Jr. Thanks for listening to us. He's Zach Kicken, uh, Mac Wade. Hey, let's go hit the hot tub in New Mexico.